I'm in a rotten fucking mood. I had to go out and get the cats. Fuck, they're fucking bouncing off the walls, and I was out of food, so I had to go to the store to buy cat food, and it's sleeting and snowing and every, it's ice, and you can't tell when you step off the sidewalk what you're going to step into. I stepped into, like, six inches of slush ice water, so my right foot is currently frozen. That's the least of my problems, though. That's the least of my source of anger. What I got real angry about was earlier today, I got a message from my man Zach up in New Hampshire. What's your last name, Zach? I'm sorry, I know you're in the chat there. Uh, Zach Branscombe. He's been keeping, he's kind of been keeping me up to date on what's going on up there. I saw, you know, a month ago, literally a month ago, I brought this up on the air. I, I tried to spread the word that New Hampshire, a state that I love, I, I love for the values, I love for the people. I was outraged. The, 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 one of my favorite, I guess my favorite state, I don't know. I'd like, I wish I could say that New York was my, is my favorite state. It's certainly where I live, but um, I don't love the government. The, there's a lot to be liked about the government in New Hampshire, largely, or at least partly to the work of so many committed liberty activists. It's made it a better place to live, I think. Or at least, I don't know. You ask the people that live up there. Anyway, they 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 had this uh, a month ago. Came to everyone's attention that there's a a very nasty vapor use ban in New Hampshire. It's nasty. It's about as nasty as you can get as far as a use ban is concerned, because it not only bans. You know, normally with the use bans, they uh, well, well, well. This let's just talk about this one. It bans. It, it makes vaping and smoking the same. So it bans vaping in any publicly accessible indoor space. And they were quite particular and quite um, specific in the bill, making sure to note that any, you know, private clubs or anything like that, or, you know, smoke shops or vapor stores, I don't think vapor stores are mentioned specifically, but certainly included, no doubt about that. Nobody disputes that. All those places, you wouldn't be able to vape or smoke. So that means all the vaping shops that are in New Hampshire, you're not allowed to vape in them anymore. Um, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to know that this is very bad and very dangerous for the health of those businesses when you cannot let your customers sample vapor and it's not nicotine dependent. It's anything. So you can't get, a, you can't get around this by just offering zero nick samples. No, no vaping, no vaping anywhere, including vape shops. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a catastrophe on all levels. Um, one, I mean, in New England, New Hampshire, it's like that. It's like the one state with with freedoms, you know. You know, there's states like that in the South and in the West, but in 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 New England, it's all it's all a cesspool except for New Hampshire. And 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 it's one of the nastiest, one of the nastier bands, right? Clearly, a threat to the businesses. When you cannot let your customers sample flavors in your store, you will sell less products. This has happened in the past where stores have lost the ability to, to do that and uh, business is either hurt or just is decimated to the point where they go out of business. This has happened. It's not rocket science. Everybody knows it's a huge threat, right? So a month ago when this came up, I figured I got a soft spot for New Hampshire for whatever reasons. Let me try to help, right? So, you know, what What they did, the, there were some, some, I guess there were some store owners and, and some vapors. They got together together this uh, this big meetup, and I actually attended via Skype, and I was so impressed. I was so impressed because what I heard was a very, it sounded like they were the super organized group of people that knew exactly how to do, how to, how to fight this kind of thing, right? I, I just sat and listened for most of the time. I had a I had 100 things I wanted to bring up. They already brought up 98 of them. It seems like, and shit, I wasn't surprised. I'm like, hey, this is the, this is the freedom state, right? They know how to fight for their rights. So I, I only, you know, added a couple of points. I was, you know, just illustrating or, or describing the mistakes that we made here in New York that could have crushed the bill in committee. And that's the key point here. The bill did come up today in committee. Now, the way a lot of states work is somebody introduces a bill, right? Could be anything. So this one's a, a health bill, right? So it goes to their health department, you know, just like in lots of other places, right? So at that time, when the bill enters the health department is your greatest chance for outright defeating it or at least having significant amendments put into it. For example, in this case, you know, they would have certainly preferred to just kill it, 
But but if you can't, then maybe you can exempt the vape shops or private clubs or stuff like that. You know, that would be a big step forward. Even even here in New York, we lost the right to vape indoors anywhere accessible to the public, as well as parks and beaches. But at least the vape shops allow you. You know, you you are allowed by law to vape in a vape shop, right? Um, it's not certainly not a victory, but at least they didn't take that away. Not so in this New Hampshire bill, at least as it stands now. So the time you want to attack the strongest, the most coordinated, you want to do it when it's in committee. Because, and also, a lot of times, that's the only time you can actually publicly comment when it's in committee. I don't know how it works in New Hampshire, but once it's out of the committee, there's no more comments, no more public comments. Then it just goes in front of the whole legislator, in the whole uh, the whole legislature, and um, generally, they... These politicians, they, they they don't pay that much attention to every bill. When they see a health committee pass something by unanimous vote, that these they're all friends, you know? They just go along with it, right? So it is so much more difficult to try to squash something like this after it's passed through committee. Now you're now you're looking at a bill. It's gone through the committee. Um, your chance to publicly comment is likely done. So now the the, the, the the fight is 100 times harder. So what happened today? Well, I got a message from my friend Zach. He said nobody, sh- he said, nobody showed up today. I said, what do you mean? I, I, like I said, I was on that Skype call to the meeting. There, there must have been 30 people there. I, was, I wasn't there, but it sure sounded, you know, I was on Skype. It sure seemed like there was like 30 people there. And they had all these plans. And I, I had these other things to suggest to them. Go to this, you know, because this is a, this particular one, you can you can get you, you can get some extra friends, some extra pretty powerful vocal friends because New Hampshire now you, you can you can smoke. I'm talking about smoking cigarettes and things like VFW halls and private clubs, cigar shops, all that kind of stuff, right? So you piss those people off, you make friends with them, you know. You all come in together. So I said, reach out to those people, reach out to the hospitality board, re, you know, Rotary Club, whatever, you know, just some suggestions and s- some other stuff, right? And they said, oh, yeah, great. And they had a they had a hundred other ideas too, right? So when Zach told me, he said, nobody, nobody showed up today. I said, what the hell are you talking about? I said, how many people? He's like, he's like, I'm here. I'm like, okay, that's good. Well, how many people testified? He said, two. Two people. And one of them apparently was a store owner. It was Mad Vapes. Good on you, Mad Vapes. You know, funny thing is, you know, Mad Vapes is a fairly large operation. They got stores in lots of different states. They got they got them all over the place and a huge online presence, right? Out of all the all out of all the companies operating out of New Hampshire right now, they had the least to lose. Because if they lose business to the you know, because you won't be able to vape in the shop anymore, if they lose enough business, you know, it's no sweat on there about you. They can just close it down. They got a million other shops they can and then and their online presence, you know. They had the least to lose, yet they were the only ones there. The only company. Everybody knew about this for over a month. Big meeting, lots of talk. All this stuff that's going to happen. What happened? Two. Two people testified. Now, how many people testified in favor of banning the bill? How How many of our opponents testified? Well, they had 10. So the health committee sees that. What is it? Well, Five times as many people, and they're probably, the, I don't know, I wasn't there, but probably the health, public health assholes as usual, and they take a lot of stock in those people. You need to overwhelm these meetings, and it seemed like it was, it seemed like that was going to happen. They had this meeting, it was all planned, everything was good. Listen, I got, when I, when I was, when I was listening to this, I was so impressed. I said, well, this is a group of people that clearly has their shit together, and I said, well, you know, I was looking to help as much as possible. I'm like, they don't need my help at all. They're good to go. Look at this. They got organized. They're all set to go. They know They know, They know. know the links of where to look. They knew everything. And even if you knew nothing or you weren't there, there was a CASA called action on this. It said, so, so two. That's what they got. They got two. And now that people are saying, what the fuck? Why are there only two? All you hear is excuses. Now, listen. I'm not going to be too hard on the vapors. They, you know, you didn't have much more than a week, and 
you know, sometimes you just can't get the time off to come to one of these things, right? So I think it's important for vapors to come to these things. And yes, things happen that make it impossible for some people. Who is it not impossible for? It's for the people that own these businesses, the vape shop owners. The only one that came was Mad Vapes, the shop that had the least to lose. And you can come up with whatever excuse you want. I was busy. Somebody called in sick. We're opening up. A, you make whatever you make whatever excuses you want. Because whatever free time you didn't have today, you're going to have an awful lot of it when you're going to have a lot less people coming into your store because you're not able to let them sample the product. Shit, you might have all the free time in the world when your fucking shop gets shut down because you can't keep the doors open because you can't pay the fucking rent. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is your livelihood. And you did nothing. You mean to tell me, okay, you had a cold. This guy called in sick. It's really far away. You mean to tell me that there is no human in the state of New Hampshire that you know that you could ask to go in your, in your stead? You can't, there's, it doesn't even have to be a vapor. It could be your brother-in-law your friend, your nephew, your sister. That guy you know who's a bartender who doesn't work until late. You're telling me there's no human, no human on any anywhere near this place where you can sit, you say, listen, this is something really important to me. I can't make it today. Can you do me a favor? Can I pay you 50 bucks? Can I, do, can I make it up to you? Can I take you out to dinner? Something, anything, somebody, anyone. Here's a piece of paper. Throw on this t-shirt. Go there. Read the paper. You mean to tell me it's, it's physically impossible? Well, no. You don't mean to tell me any of those things because you didn't do any of those things. Did nothing. You know, it's funny. I got another message from... Uh, uh, sir, I'm really sorry if I'm going to mispronounce your name. His name is Gaetano. G-A-E-T-A-N-O. G-A-E-T-A-N-O. Mm, let's say it with a little flair. Gaetano. That sounds cool. <laughs> anyway, now he's not he's not a brick-and-mortar uh, owner in New Hampshire, but he was following the discussion. But uh, he owns, he owns a, I forget if, he owns a couple shops in Vermont. And um, they got four bills in the in the committee in Vermont. And you know what? He's telling me about all these things that they did. They got petitions. He's gotten his customers to write in, call people. And then there's a the, the, there's all the shut there's a, there's all the shit. And he's like, we're going to shut this down because we got together. And there's only four shops in the entire state of Vermont. There's a lot more in New Hampshire, right? And I bring up these two states. Because they are, uh, well, geographically, they're right next to each other. And politically, they're very different. At least that's the reputation. Vermont's where you got all the fucking pinkos, right? You got all the liberal stuff going on in Vermont. And supposedly you got all the libertarians and the freedom lovers in New Hampshire, right? Well, all the pinko vapors seem to know what the fuck to do in Vermont to squash the shit. And all the libertarian vapors in New Hampshire seem to be sitting on their fucking ass not knowing which end is up. And I'm talking about the business owners, all right? He had all the time in the world to, 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 to get this together, to make plans, to do something where if you knew you weren't going to be around that day, just God, to, to, to send a fuck. Anyone who can fog a fucking mirror and read off a piece of paper, that's all you needed to do. The only one that did was Mad Vapes. Fucking pathetic. 
should be ashamed of yourselves. I regret taking any time to help any of you. I feel bad for the vapors, but as far as, you know, the business owners, whatever business you, you lose, that's on you. I don't pity you at this point. I really don't. It would be horrible, but how could you feel sorry for somebody who, who knew so much about what was going on and did nothing? You belie your reputation, all of you. And even, even if, even if you're on the... Your uncle, your brother-in-law couldn't make it, and and, and every, everyone else you couldn't contact. You you come down to the to the. Well, I I would have to actually close my doors for the day, right? Now that means you're going to lose business. Close your doors. You close for a half day. You're going to lose business. So, put it to you this way: Would you rather a close your doors for half a day, or b? Have it so that you permanently can never allow anyone to sample any products in your store. That seems like an easy choice to me. Easy for me to say, sure, I'm not a vape store owner, but can you really make that argument? Close your doors for half a day or be permanently banned from running the business the way that you need to run it. This is, of course after your Uncle Bob can't fucking make it, right? Wake up. Eh, fuck it. Maybe it's too late. Live free or die, but don't you dare vape. Yes, I'm going down, yeah. I'm going down, 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 down. Yes, I got my big feet in the window. Got my head on the ground. Let me down. Well, at this point, I'll just close it with this. At this point, as far as as far as they're concerned up there, what has been proven at this point is that um, you know a lot of times the the vapor you know when there's these vape bands, the vapors assume that the you know that the shop owners in their area are going to do you know take some kind of action to protect their rights and you know and their own rights to run a business. Um, and that's really the way it should work, you know? Um, but what we learned today, as far as New Hampshire vape shop owners are concerned, is that they are incompetent. Uh, they cannot be relied upon at all to fight for your rights as a vapor. So you got to do it yourself at this point. Okay. And that may include telling them, you know, walking into a store and saying, well, maybe it would be a good idea to have a piece of paper or an iPad on the counter so that when people walk in, they can, you know, get, they could take the piece of, oh, look, we got a call from New Hampshire. That's good. Hopefully it's somebody pissed off at me. Hold on one sec. All right, here we go. Caller in 603. You're on the air. Hey, Russ, we get pissed off at you. Say again? Justin, it's Zach, man. How are you? Good, good. Who's this? Can you hear me okay? I can. It's Zach. Hey, Zach. How you doing? Thanks for getting a hold of me today. I, I made you, I, I, you made me mad, and then I think I made you mad, so we made each other mad, but you got to be, otherwise you're going to get, <laughs> you know, otherwise this shit's all going away. Uh, you know, I was just so exasperated today, uh, sitting in that, sitting in the hearing room, and just, just waiting, and, you know, trying to organize people to get together beforehand, and. No one shows up at the restaurant, and then I walk over to the hearing room, and you know the, the hearing's about starting, and there's there's still nobody there. Um, what an awful feeling, you know. 
to to be someone that really fucking loves vaping, and no one else can be bothered to show up. And I, I mean, there, there were some some good excuses, and some people had some bad days, but <sighs> just beside myself. Um, yeah, we're really lucky. Amanda Baldwin, um, our representative, she was there to talk, and. Uh, Kevin Mundell, um, he's he's not even associated with vaping. Um, he's just associated with um, a, a freedom coalition in New Hampshire. Really? Which is a cool thing. Wait, who, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Who was that? Who who came? Uh, Kevin Mundell. Okay, okay. All right. I thought I thought I recognized the name, but I don't. Okay, go ahead. He's he's, he's just like a libertarian dude, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he's just he's all about freedom. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, 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 so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that, that just, I mean, it just goes to the point. It's like the, the, the state has a reputation of this, of, of, of being a liberty loving state uh, for a good reason. They got, they got this guy, this guy's got nothing to do with vaping, right? He's just going cause he loves liberty and he, he showed up at this thing, right? So, so he shows up, but the shop owners, no, 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 their, their livelihood depends on it and they don't fucking show up. And you want to know why? It's because yes, New Hampshire people are, in general, liberty lovers, but vapors are, in general, lazy fucking slugs. I don't, I don't even know what happened because this, this, is not, this is not how I envisioned it going down. I mean, you saw how prepared we were. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy crap. We had, like, 20, 20 people in that room when you were, uh, you were in the call <laughs> everyone was fired up. Everyone was ready to go. You know. Yeah, until, until it, you know, until it turned out to actually do something other than hang out at a bench. Instead, uh, until it turned, until it came time to actually do something instead of hanging out in a vape shop. You know, that's that's no problem well, for vapors. Honestly, our meeting in that vape shop lasted longer than the legislative hearing. We were there longer. Well, that hearing went on for. Yeah, because everybody wants to talk at the at the fucking meeting, and then when you get to the when you get to the uh, to the to the pre meeting thing at the vape shop, but once you get to the well, of course the meeting was sh was short. There was nobody there, so you know you, you, that's the problem. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if like I've been racking my brain of, of how we're going to solve this problem because I don't expect it's going to go away. I, I know we're going to have more legislation coming through. And if we have the same kind of shit and turnout that we had for this, then we might as well just roll over and say, put it right here, buddy, because we're just going to take whatever they're giving us. You, you know, the so I've been asking my brain, and I wonder, you know, was, was that meeting too far off? Do we need to have more regular meetings? Do we need to have a week before meeting? Uh, well, I, I mean, well, I mean the, the, answer, the answer is clearly yes, but the, the sad fact of the matter is that, you know, you may... You know, because uh, I, I hope some shit gets stirred about how bad all the fucking brick and mortar owners accept Mad Vapes. And I hate saying that because I don't even like that company, but I like I like them more now. <laughs> I, I like them. I like them more now. That's for sure. Uh, I, I, I would tell you. Where, honestly, I, I, I would tell you. quite a few of them off. Yeah, I hope so. By being on this show. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, like right up in the group straight away today, there was five people there. Where were you? Yeah. And yeah, I saw, I saw it. Yeah. Obviously, and, and and you know, here's the sad thing that it, even if everybody wakes up now, I hope it's not too late. But you know, chances are better than not that, that that they are. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try. You have to. But I mean, this was your big shot. This was your big shot to kill or Absolutely. radically amend the bill and committee. Now it should you know make those phone calls and everything. But good, I mean, good luck. It's you're, you're going to need a lot more now than a lot more in the future than you would have had to have today. So I don't know what to tell you, man. Well, it, it, it's even more unfortunate than that. Um, the bill doesn't provide for any exceptions for cigar shops or hookah lounges or any of those sort of things. And we had a couple people speaking specifically to those exceptions. You know, against the bill, they, they came up and said, hey, I'm from the Cigar Association. Da -da 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 -da, you know? um, but what's interesting is Senator Pierce, the guy supporting the bill, the first thing he said when he came up was, Somebody brought it to my attention that there aren't exemptions that allow for this and this and this. They didn't mention vaping shops in there, so I would assume he intentionally left that out. Right. Who knows what he's actually going to put in the amendment. Right. But, but just him 
bringing that to the attention, saying, I plan on making an amendment to this. Instantly, right there, that kills our chance of killing the bill. Because now we're just going to get an amendment amended bill. Yeah. Where the real goal here was to, to have a bill either completely not passed or passed with nicotine delivery systems, electronic cigarettes, completely taken out of the bill. Exactly. But the goal here is to have them legislated completely separately. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not let's not mm-hmm. let's not let's not confuse the goals here. Like, you know, I'm, I just keep bringing up the inability under the bill as it's currently drafted, uh, the inability for the vape shop owners to conduct business in the, the normal way. They wouldn't be able to let their comp- their customers sample. I just keep bringing that up because it, illus- it because it, it's a huge problem. And, and, and that just illustrates, you know, the, the, the sheer utter incompetence and or laziness and or, or both. Of these of these businesses to protect their own interests, but the the goal, of course, is to disassociate completely and legally vaping from smoking. Because once those once those two are latched together, then the, when the when the tax bills come up and they want and they want to raise taxes on tobacco, they're going to exactly. they're going to do the same thing exactly. for, for nicotine. We are, our governor is already for, for, uh, providing for a, a parity tax between e-cigarettes and cigarettes, mm, there you and go. I think that this bill would have been such a fantastic opportunity to really separate them. You know, we could say, hey, governor, look. Look, this bill was struck down because it includes e-cigarettes, because they are two different things. What now? You know? But uh, I'm afraid that we may have lost that chance. Well, I think, uh, uh, unfortunately, I agree with you. I hope we're both wrong. And I hope uh, the good people of New Hampshire, the good vapors of New Hampshire, wake up. Uh, obviously, again and again, uh, your brick-and-mortar owners, except Mad Vapes, have proven themselves to be incompetent, listless, and useless so you have to put light a fire under their fucking ass now, and you have to get in the store and tell them what to do because they clearly have no idea or they clearly have no ability or, or, or real desire to take action. Now it's at, at this point, now it is up to the vapors because, you know, the shop owners have proved themselves to be fucking useless. Yeah, well, I hope, I hope there are some New Hampshire vapors out there listening. And you know what? If you have problems with what I said, you can hit me up on Facebook. You can get in touch with me. But the, it just comes down to uh, you need to get out there, and you need to make a presence, and you need to be heard. So we're gonna lose this. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, hey, thanks for calling in, and thanks for going today. Um, at yeah, least... thank you, Russ. Man, appreciate the uh, the <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, there he goes, everybody. Zach, Zach, um, Zach, put your uh, put your Facebook in uh, in the chat there, so people can get a hold of you. Because, uh, well, Zach is a man of action. He did something. Unlike the rest of you lazy, useless fucks. So, hmm. So here's a, here's an interesting one. I obviously cover all this police abuse stuff almost every week. Um, this is the worst case I've ever come across, really. Now, it's not, there's no police, very little police brutality. It's not about police brutality. I mean, usually when I cover this stuff, it's about, you know, people who are having their rights violated and uh, and assaulted and all this stuff. This this is worse, actually. Uh, well, not worse in the, in the respect of, you know, sometimes these people die. You know, innocent people die at the hands of police. This is um, this is much worse because it's so much more premeditated. It's so much more coordinated. It's so much more explicitly false that this man committed a crime. It took like half, like half a force. So what happened here? So this was um. This is a case. It, okay, so for those of you who don't know, and I'll play the, uh, I'll play the news story in a minute. But uh, for those of you who don't know what a process server is, sometimes it's referred to as that. It's like when you're trying to take somebody to court for something, and you're having trouble, you know, getting acknowledgement, or it doesn't, it, it doesn't always necess- necessarily mean trouble, but like you have to acknowledge, you have to, you have to that that the person has been served. So you now you see this in movies and stuff you know somebody walking through an airport someone says hey jimmy how you doing and the guy turns around and he hands him an envelope he says you've been served right that's a process server uh completely obviously completely legal activity 
Um, it's actually a part of the um, criminal and civil justice system. You serve somebody with papers, right? Very common thing. So this guy, this guy, he's a, what's his name here? Uh, Douglas uh, Dettinger. He, uh, he's a retired, uh, he's a retired veteran, uh, disabled, and he agreed to serve, uh, serve papers to a police officer who was uh, alleged to have committed some sort of police brutality or something like that. That case I know nothing about, might have merit, might have not, not important to this case. This guy was just serving papers. That's it. Literally handing somebody an envelope, which is exactly what he did. Why do we know that that's exactly what he did? Because he was very smart, and he had two family members video record him serving the papers, handing the cop the envelope, and the video shows that. He took the envelope, he handed it to the cop, the cop took the envelope, and then walked away. That's it. That's what happened. But then shit got real fucking weird. 60 seconds has turned into a two-year nightmare for one disabled veteran on the North Shore. It started with what seems like a simple request, hand a police officer an envelope containing a lawsuit. But the man ended up getting arrested. Tonight, investigative reporter Mike Perlstein shows us exclusive evidence that helped the veteran fight back and led to one assistant district attorney to lose her job. One of the worst days of Douglas Dendinger's life began with him handing an envelope to a police officer. For $50, Dendinger agreed to act as a process server in a brutality lawsuit filed by his nephew, giving a summons to Chad Cassard as the former Bogalusa police officer walked out of the Washington Parish Courthouse. The handoff went smoothly, but the reaction from Cassard and a group of officers and attorneys who were with him turned Dendinger's life upside down. It was like sticking a, a stick in a bee's nest. They, they started cursing me, they threw the summons at me. Dendinger drove home, and that's where things went from bad to worse. There were these bright lights shining through my windows, and it was like, oh my God. I mean, I knew immediately, right, a police car. And um, that's when a nightmare started. You know, I was arrested. He was booked with simple battery along with two serious felonies, obstruction of justice and intimidating a witness. Denninger describes a nervous night handcuffed to a rail at the Washington Parish Jail. After his family bailed him out, he hoped it would be exposed as a big misunderstanding. After all, a cluster of police officers and two St. Tammany prosecutors witnessed the event. But instead of going away, the case escalated. It wasn't fun of games. They had a plan. The plan was to really go after him and put him away. That's scary. Supported by his two prosecutors who were at the scene, then District Attorney Walter Reed filed formal charges against Denninger a year later. Denninger's attorney, Philip Kaplan, characterized it this way. So then it went from kind of crazy to really crazy. Reed's case was bolstered by seven witness statements given to Washington Parish deputies. Cassard said Denninger, quote, slapped him in the chest. Washington Parish Courthouse staff attorney Pamela Legendre said it made such a noise she thought the officer had been punched. Bogalusa Police Chief Joe Culpepper said he witnessed, quote, violence, force. I realized even more at that moment these people are trying to hurt me. What the attorneys and officers did not know was that Dendinger had one critical piece of evidence in his favor, grainy cell phone video shot by his wife and nephew. Dendinger said he thought of recording the scene to prove he completed the task. And the two videos may have saved Dendinger, who had a prior cocaine conviction, from serious prison time as a multiple offender. After another whole year facing trial, Dendinger's lawyers forced District Attorney Walter Reed to recuse his office. The case was referred to the Attorney General, who promptly dropped the charges. This was the reaction of Rafael Goyanetti when we showed him the videos. I didn't see a battery, certainly a battery committed that would warrant criminal charges being preferred. 
And more importantly, the Attorney General's office didn't see a battery. And now the video is at the heart of this federal lawsuit against the Bogalus officers, Washington Parish Sheriff, and former DA Walter Reed, along with the two prosecutors who worked at the office. We reached out to the defendants in the lawsuit, but only Washington Parish Sheriff Randy Seal issued a comment. He stated, We are confident that all claims against all WPSO deputies will be rejected and dismissed by the court. But Goyaneci said the legal troubles for the witnesses may go beyond the federal lawsuit. It's a felony to falsify a police report. So this is a police report, and this police report was the basis of charging this individual. David Cressy, a friend of Denniger who served as a prosecutor under Reed, said the lawyers may have additional problems with legal ethics and the Bar Association. I mean, it was totally wrong, a 180-degree lie. So yeah, they're going to have problems, uh, certainly the lawyers. Denninger's attorney continues to dig into the case with depositions and evidence. This is a case about the abuse of power. One officer said in a deposition that he witnessed a battery that knocked Cassard back several feet, although the video shows him here, his back turned. A couple of witnesses said Denninger ran from the scene, although he says his disability makes running impossible. Then there's what Kaplan says should be obvious. If this was truly a battery on, uh, on a police officer uh, with, with police officers all around him, why isn't something happening right there? If Doug hadn't set up the cell phone video, where would he be right now? Maybe in a really bad place. And that's scary. And I didn't do anything wrong, and, and, and I know they know I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm faced with the reality that these people are purposely lying. It doesn't get crazier than that. I mean, it's a, now you're dealing with, it's not just like some cop who beat somebody up. No, it's seven cops that clearly lied in police reports to attorneys, to, pro, to uh, prosecutors, did the same thing. Fuck, one of those cops was the chief of police. Yes, the attorney, and, and they all work together to do that. Now, why do they do this? They didn't care about this guy. I don't know why they didn't bring this in the report. Bring this up in the report. Didn't give a fuck about him. They were concerned with the police brutality case. That's what this was about, right? This guy was related to the. the he served the papers for his nephew. This was all a ploy to bring the world down on this guy. Now, as you heard, this guy's got a. He's he got caught. He got caught with coke. So he's probably got one felony on his record. That's why they drummed up two more felonies. Because guess what happens when he got three felonies? Your jail time skyrockets. He was literally looking at decades in jail if convicted. And how would he not have been convicted if he didn't have that cell phone video? You go to court. You bring seven cops and two, two prosecutors, one of them the DA, giving sworn statements that this guy assaulted a cop and you got this guy with a coke bust on his record? Who is a jury going to believe? Come on. It's not even close. He's up the river fast. He's, he's up the river in a cigarette boat. Fucking twin turbo engine. So they were doing this because they said, well, we'll just throw the book at this guy. We got a slam dunk case. We'll just all lie. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe the nephew will drop all the police brutality. Maybe then we'll drop the charges. That was the plan. It's fucking clear as day. All those people deserve to be in jail. Every one of them. Yeah, it's good that the, uh, that the DA or the assistant DA got fired, but they should all be in jail. These are all serious felonies. You can't do that. You cannot make shit up and put it in a police report that's going to send a, somebody to jail. You can't... It, it, Fucking highly illegal. Um, I think um, I think Radley Balco, who wrote this up in the Washington Post, summed it up nicely. So I'll leave you with his words. Here's my question: Why aren't all the witnesses 
to Degninger's non-existent assault on Cassard, alleged, alleged or, I'm sorry, let me start that over. But here's my question. Why aren't all the people witnesses to Degninger's non-existent assault on Cassard already facing federal, uh, already facing felony charges? Why are all but one of the cops who filed false reports still wearing badges and collecting paychecks? Why aren't the attorneys who filed false reports facing disbarment? Degniger's prosecutors both filed false reports, then prosecuted Degniger based on the reports that they knew were false. They should be looking for new careers after they get out of jail. If a group of regular citizens had pulled this on someone, they'd all likely be facing criminal conspiracy charges on top of the purges on top of the perjury and other charges. So why aren't these cops and prosecutors being prosecuted? I could be wrong, but my guess is that all that they will all be let off due to professional courtesy or some sort of exercise of prosecu uh, prosecutorial discretion. And so the people who ought to be held to a higher standard than the rest of us will once again be held to a lower one. Um, hey, you know, tell me if I'm missing something, but that's the worst I've ever seen. The worst one. At least the worst one that somebody didn't die. You can read... Um, Rodley Balco's full uh, write-up on this in the Washington Post. There you go. Okay, uh, since I got more horrible shit after this, let's do uh, something uh, that will delight some and disgust others. How about that? Now, I didn't even know this was possible, but this talented young lady has proved um, what I thought was impossible that you could actually blow vapor out of your private parts and your butthole. So I warn you, I give you the strongest possible warning. This link is as, is nasty. Or, or you might find it beautiful, I don't know. It's definitely explicit. And I don't know how the hell she does this. But she is somehow now the only thing I can I can figure from this from this video, the only thing I can figure is that this enormous dildo, I mean this thing's a fucking monster. This enormous dildo that she is ramming fairly far up her ass somehow has hidden inside of it an electronic cigarette or, or a mod or something. I, I have I have no evidence of that. I mean, obviously, it's you can see the little bottle of e-liquid right in the background there. So this is clearly vapor. It's not smoke, okay? Now, somehow, after this dildo is being rammed up her butt by her, she's able to, um, I don't know if the right word is exhale, but um, emit vapor out of her vagina. And then not just emit vapor out of her butthole, you have got to see the control this woman has over her sphincter. I've never seen anything like it. If you watch carefully, she almost at one point, I, I think if you gave her a few more shots, I think she can blow rings. It's unbelievable. So, so again, please, click this link with the ultimate caution. Look over your shoulder twice. Both shoulders twice. Because that is explicit. What a talent. So the mysterious young lady. The mysterious talented young lady. I salute you. I like what you're doing. Wow. How about that? Uh, just real quick. Um, I I I uh, I feel maybe a little bit bad for anyone who paid the sixty dollar pay per view cost to see the last UFC. I, I don't know. Maybe there were some good undercards, but 
um, the, the the main event. And I, and I really, this is really a great thing about UFC or mixed martial arts that the that the main event of an evening, at least it's my understanding, the, the main event was a was a a female match, the women's. Ronda Rousey is absolutely electrifying, incredible, and is is pulling top bill. That's something. And and you can couldn't think of a bigger contact sport. Contact sport. That's the main bill. This woman is amazing. She, um, you know, what many people paid $60 for was over in 12 and a half seconds. Um, Ronda Rousey dispatched um, a worthy competitor. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kat Zingano, who was, at, who was previously undefeated, fierce competitor. This Rousey, she is going to end up breaking every record in professional fighting. I'm telling you, when you have these fights, she's had almost all of her fights. And in the first round, she's got a move. She can, if she can get a hold of your arm, you're, you're done. You're over. She could, if she wants, she could just rip your arm out of her, out of your socket. Everybody fucking submits in the first round. It's been a couple fights where it's lasted longer and she's got the skills to win all of those too. She's undefeated. And if you watch this video, it's like, it's over in, 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 in the blink of an eye. She doesn't get touched once. She deflects a flying knee. She's a judo specialist, so she fucking judo flips her down, gets a hold of the arm, boom, over. And if she wanted to, she could take that arm right out of the socket. Uh, this is one of the most talented fighters I've ever seen. And, you know, for those people who are saying, you know, well, all her fights end in like a minute, you know, that's bad for the sport. Well, was Mike Tyson bad for boxing? Electrifying, talented, brutal, and attractive. Ronda Rousey. I'll be watching next time, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pay for it. I'll just wait for the animated GIF, you know? Oh, here it is. If you want. This is, a, you can watch uh, in 12 seconds what many people paid $60 for. That's a bargain. So um, here's another. Here's this this elderly couple. So these are like, these are like teetotalers, right? These are like the classic American, like never gotten a speeding ticket, you know, never been arrested for anything, just like completely straight-laced, elderly, white, church-going, hamburger-eating Americana. Now, these people happen to be... Um, um, classic car enthusiasts. They have some some antique cars, right? So they get pulled over. Oh, why don't I just play the news story here? It's crazy shit. Driver, remove your keys from the ignition and put them on the roof now. This was the beginning of a daylight nightmare for collector car owners Robin and Beverly Bruins of Washington State. When I turned and looked back and saw three gun barrels pointed at me, it obviously hit me like, whoa, what is going on here? Go ahead and lift the shirt up. No, lift the top of your collar. Robin Bruin says multiple officers were shouting commands he found conflicting or confusing. Okay, turn around, turn around, Stop. Turn around. And I looked at him and said, are you talking to me? Yes, you, turn around. You know, what's going on? Okay, do you think my, this car is stolen or something? And he said, exactly right. And the car is going back to its rightful owner. Passenger, limit your hand. We were treated like we were Bonnie and Clyde. Beverly Bruins was also removed from the car at gunpoint. She had a broken leg at the time. So I went to reach for my crutches in the back seat, and then they yelled at me. Put your hands up in the air. Leave it alone. Okay. A woman trooper takes Beverly into custody and checks her background. And asked me if I'd like to say goodbye to my husband. And I said, goodbye to my husband? Where's my husband going? And she said, well, he's going to jail. Rob, just relax. So I went over to see Rob, and he's in the back seat, no shirt on, hands behind his back, and tears are running down his face. Work out. Okay, work. 
Robin is ultimately taken to the Clark County Detention Center, where he spends most of the night in a holding cell with two dozen new acquaintances. I don't even think I've ever stood next to a police car, let alone been inside one. While Robin was in jail, Beverly took her crutches and luggage to a hotel, where she was ultimately able to sort things out. It turns out the car was stopped by the trooper because it had a historical license plate that did not show up in a computer check. Restored plates issued in the year a classic car was made are legal in Washington. The registration which the Bruins provided the trooper shows the historical plate in a box called equipment number, but the actual plate number is in another box. The trooper did run this number, but he didn't include the plus sign, so it came back to the wrong vehicle. That's error number one. Two, one eight. Error number two came when the trooper radioed the correct VIN number of the car into dispatch, but the dispatcher entered the wrong number into the computer and the erroneous number came back to a stolen car similar to the Bruins. The Bruins don't understand why officers didn't act on what appeared to be their own belief that the Bruins might be innocent victims. Is it a misunderstanding? Or? It might be. I don't I mean, I tend to believe him. I, I mean, I'm going to run him first before I make a determination if the guy comes back with possession of you know, history and stuff like that of anything. If I find out he's lying to me, then that's different. But as of right now, I mean, he seems to be legit. I mean, he was on the phone, talked to his supervisor, talked to the other officers when they got there, talked to another officer when we got to the detention center, and they all agreed that I should be behind bars. And that is just incredible. Robin was not this, you know, this car thief. Um, they knew that, and that's repeatedly on, on the video. You can hear them questioning themselves, yet they still chose to arrest him. And so the Bruins are suing the officers and the head of the NHP for civil rights violations. All they had to do was have one guy double check what the dispatcher numbers were, and the, the whole situation wouldn't happen. They should have used a better character judgment. Um, we live our lives so we don't get into situations like this. To be treated like, like both of us were, I mean, at gunpoint and handcuffed, and then, you know, humiliated by making you take your shirt off and get on your knees on the side of the freeway. I mean, why should that happen to ha have to happen to anybody? Glenn Meek. 8 News Now. We reached out to NHP for comment. A spokesman for the Department of Public Safety told us they don't comment on pending litigation. We have a copy of the letter NHP sent to the district attorney asking them to dismiss the case against Mr. Bruins on our website, 8newsnow.com. So uh, someone brings up a good point. Why did they get pulled over? They weren't speeding. They never got a speeding ticket. They pulled them over because the make and model of this antique or classic car is, um, I think it was a 64 Impala. I could be wrong, but it, I'm pretty sure it was an Impala. So this is a car that happens to be popular to be driven by people that are in into illicit activity of some sort. So... That is not a reason to pull over a car just because some people find it popular. You have to have a crime for it. They didn't have a crime. They did anyway. And then at any point, they could have, listen, when they draw guns and, and force them out of the out of the vehicle after running the tags, you could see who these people are. A little old lady on crutches, some old guy, and they're, they're pointing guns and yelling at them. And then once they talk to them, it's clear these are, there's something wrong here. These people do not fit any sort of profile to be car thieves. And they thought so. They said, you know, this is, something doesn't seem right here. And at no point did anyone think before throwing this guy in jail, let's just double check. All their paperwork was in order. They did, the, the people that own this car, they, there was nothing wrong with their paperwork. Everything was by the letter. All they would have had to do Let's rerun the VIN. Let's rerun the plate. Because there's basically a typographical error in both. One the cop made in copying the, the plate, and one the dispatcher made in running the VIN. If anyone had just said, let's just double check, it would have been all over. I mean, they still would have made the guy strip half naked and have, with guns drawn on him in the middle of the road. 
Um, but at least he wouldn't have spent the night in jail and been even even further dehumanized. And this is just in the, the world of what are people thinking, I guess. So, oh, and there's the link to the story if you want to read more. There you go. So here we have, a, this is, listen, I am, a, I'm, I'm as pro-choice as, as you can get. Listen, I think if you, uh, you know, I, I think to myself, if I, if I had the ability to become pregnant, I would certainly want control over my own reproductive organs as to what happens with that baby, right? So I'm, I'm a pro-choice guy. And this is, it's taken it to a real weird place, okay? So there's this woman, she's like a real hardcore feminist, okay, fine. Kind of like a social justice warrior. I mean, she's got a blog, you know, her, her whole life, is, I mean, she's a victim. And, and maybe she is, I don't know. So anyway, she, um, she got pregnant. Um, and... You know, this is something that's common in China. Now, in China, the government restricts you to only having one child, right? Unless you got, like, tons of money to get out of it. So, in the Chinese culture, it's very valuable to have a male child for some reason. It's a cultural thing. I don't understand it. So, a lot of times, the you know, if they, if they find out they're going to have a female child, they'll abort it. Um... And, you know, it's completely, it's, and we're talking about a different country, different values. Listen, I think it's fucked up, but I think it's fucked up that the government imposes that restriction on their people. No such restriction exists in America. And here we're talking about the exact opposite. So this woman had an abortion because she found out that the fetus was male. That is the explicit reason. Now, listen. As much as, as pro-choice as I am, I think that's I think that's fucking disgusting. Do I think it should be illegal? No. But it's fucking gross. That said, normally that kind of decision wouldn't be any of anyone's business. Because no one in their right mind would fucking tell anybody about that. But not this young lady. This young lady decided on her very popular blog to tell people all about it. She was proud of it. She was proud that she aborted the fetus because it was male. She was proud of it. And when there was a mountain of outrage over it, she was genuinely and sincerely shocked that people thought this way, that people couldn't understand her reasoning. There's nothing wrong with the baby, except it's gender. Um, it's it's kind of hard to stomach, to to be honest, to, to listen or to read this 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 woman and what she's saying. Um, uh, some choice quotes. After, you know, after she went and found out that her to-be baby was, was male, um, she spent the next two days in crying fit of rage. How could this happen to me? She says, my home became my prison and my fetus became my warden. I mean, who, who thinks that way? Who, it's, it's a baby. It's a fetus. It's the most innocent of all things. So a few days later, she aborted the baby and then took to her blog to say, my body's betrayal was no more. I was free and I felt strong. I had done something positive, something that would actually make a difference, something good. I stand by my decision to abort my baby because it was a male. 
I don't hate men. Oh, really? I don't hate men. I hate the patriarchy, what men and even some women turn into. I wasn't going to let that happen with my offspring. The chances were greater that with a male. Okay. The, the chances were greater that it would with a male. And it was an unacceptable. If the curse returns, I would do the exact same thing all over again. Wow. Wow. Uh, so, I don't even know what to say there. I mean, it really, if you can stomach it, I mean, there's a news story here in this link, and then the, there's like her blog underneath it. Um, you need a strong stomach to read this woman's blog. It, it's something. 